Do you have no talent? Are you a no talent person? If so, today's devotional thought is made just for you, just for you and me. You know, we live in a world that tends to value talent over character, that tends to give attention to people who have a lot of giftedness or special in some kind of way versus people who are just people of solid values, priorities, judgment. I was thinking about this recently when I walked into a pizza place and they had a little list of things, behaviors they said that require zero talent, but if you um, practice them, they can have a huge impact on your success. Now, they gave a list of, I think, 10 things, and um, I don't even remember what all of them were, but I found some. Anyway, I, I came up with a, a list of combination, kind of my, kind of my own. So devotionally today, um, if you have no talent, that's great, because here are some things you don't need talent for. You don't need talent to be on time. Many people have the habit of being late. The reality is they are late because they plan to be late. They have a habit of being late. They overestimate how long it is going to take them to get ready to leave. They plan to leave no margin. They plan for everything to go perfectly. And when everything doesn't go perfectly, as it always never goes perfectly then they find themselves late. There is a lack of empathy often in these people. They don't think about the other people who are waiting for them. They don't think about the people that are are meeting them someplace else or, or the impact it might have on them, but they just essentially plan to be late. Being on time takes zero talent, but it does take discipline. It gives a good first impression and it honors others. Be on time. Work ethic. Cutting corners may seem like the easiest way, but usually, almost always, it dishonors someone. It certainly dishonors God. Have you ever lived in a house that was built by people who cut corners? Oh, I could tell you stories, and I have a feeling that many of you could tell stories that you've experienced in your homes as well. You know, the Bible says in Colossians chapter 3, verse 21, whatever you do, do it with, from the heart as something done for the Lord, not for people, knowing that you will receive the reward of an inheritance from the Lord. You know, we used to talk about a Protestant work ethic because people understood that if you have faith in God, You are going to put in an honest day's work. More than that, you are going to do the best that you can, whether your supervisor is there or not, because you're not working to impress your supervisor. You're not working just to get another raise. You're not working for anything other than primarily because there is a God who is sovereign, who has made you, and he is watching, and he will reward you. Protestant work ethic, it's often criticized today in a world that has lost and forgotten God. But but what would happen? How would it change your work if you worked in the lower story as though you were working for the upper story? Work ethic. Take zero talent, but character. 
efforts, always doing your best. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 28, be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Yeah, we are fallen people living in a fallen world, but that doesn't mean that we just give up and acquiesce to mediocrity. It takes no talent to give your best because God is holy and he is worthy of your best effort. It takes no talent, but it takes character. How about body language? You know, our body language speaks volumes to people around us. Do you ever know, do you ever know people who rarely smile? You ever, can you think of people that when you see them, you kind of expect an Eeyore kind of response? Philippians 4 says, rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. That's a command. It's a command because rejoicing is not an emotion that we follow. It is an act of obedience. Someone said, if you have the joy of the Lord in your heart, let your, let your face know about it. You know, because apparently some people say, I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart, but their faith, but their face has no idea what their heart claims to believe. Joy is a discipline. It's a character. Doesn't require talent. Body language. Smile more often. How about energy, motivation? My grandma once said something to the effect of, I remember we were out at the lake and I was feeling kind of blah, didn't feel like doing work. I was kind of, ah, feeling so well. And my grandmother said, most of us function at 75% most of the time. In other words, very rarely do most of us get up and we feel 100% all day long. You know, there may be days when we have 100% energy levels, or there may be a few moments after we've had our first cup of coffee that we achieve that sense of, I'm good to go. But most of the time, we're not there. I love writing sermons, but there are a lot of times it's just got to get done. And my mind is not, my mind is like 50% functioning, but I got to get it done. But you know what is needed for that to take place, to have energy in those times when we feel so depleted? Psalm 28, verse 7 says, the, 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 the Lord is my strength and my shield. Psalm 118, 14, the Lord is my strength and my song. Psalm 73, 26, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart, my portion forever. What do you think brought the psalmist to this conclusion that the Lord had to be his strength? Do you think it's because he was hopped up on lots of caffeine, feeling great about life, having had a full night's sleep the night before? Now, I wonder if it was after like two weeks of hardly being able to sleep watching the sheep and knowing he had another night ahead of him and yet he still needed to be responsible. Lord, I need you to be my strength. And he discovered the Lord is my strength. He did the right thing and he found the Lord was sufficient for him. He was worn out. And God showed up. My guess is he may have felt defeated sometimes. He probably felt like quitting. His energy was depleted. It takes no talent to stay focused and to keep walking when you feel like quitting. It takes maturity. It takes character. 
And that's when we discover the Lord's strength at work within us. Number six, attitude. You know, positive attitude goes a long way. Psalm 73 verse 2 says, As for me, my feet had almost slipped. My steps nearly went astray. For I envied the arrogant, and I saw the prosperity of the wicked. You know, basically he says, As long as I focused on the lower story and saw how bad people succeeded in the lower story and good people hurt and lost in the lower story and how much injustice was done in the lower story, my feet almost slipped. My attitude was terrible. Verse 16, but when I tried to understand this, it seemed hopeless until I entered God's sanctuary. I was stupid and didn't understand. I was an unthinking animal toward you. In other words, I was stuck in the lore story thinking. I was thinking like an animal. Yet, I am always with you. You hold my right hand. He's upper story here. You guide me with your counsel and afterward you will take me up into glory. Upper story. Who do I have in heaven but you? And I desire nothing on earth but you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart, my portion forever. What changed his attitude was not positive thinking. It was eternal thinking. It was upper story thinking. Our attitudes have a way of determining the course of our day and even of our lives. When your attitude slips, you can control it. It takes no talent. It takes character to have an upper story perspective. Next, being coachable. Being teachable takes no talent. Proverbs 10, 17 says, the one who follows instructions on the path to life is on the path to life, but the one who rejects correction goes astray. Proverbs uh, 15, 31, one who listens to life-giving rebukes will be at home among the wise. Anyone who ignores discipline despises himself, but whoever listens to correction acquires good sense. The fear of the Lord is what wisdom teaches and humility comes before honor. Always be open to learn. The reason Jesus taught in parables was because there are some people who he said will always be hearing but never listening. They hear the words, but they never let it register. I'm convinced that the greatest challenge for most Christians today is not a lack of knowledge. It's what James describes in the second chapter, in the first chapter of James, when he says, we look in the mirror and we see the dirt that's on us. We see what needs to change, but we walk away and take no action. Leave unchanged. It takes no talent to be teachable, to listen. It takes humility. Humility demands character. Next, doing extra. Jesus taught them to go the second mile, go the extra mile. Roger Staubach one time said, there, is no, there are no traffic jams along the extra mile. That's pretty good. Do you go the extra? When was the last time you went the extra mile? Somebody asked you to do something, you went the extra mile. You know, do you do as little as you can 
as little as you can and get away to get and get away with it, or do you go the extra mile? I um, have a we have real small yards here. And, um, and one of the things that I like to do, it's a, it doesn't take a whole lot of effort, is I make sure that when we mow the lawn, that we don't just mow our lawn like to the, to the very line, but since our lawn and our neighbor's lawn basically runs into the same thing, it just kind of mow over as far as I can, um, just so his lawn looks good and doesn't look bad just because mine's been mowed and his hasn't been mowed yet. That's a really small thing. But you know what? It's really tempting to go out and mow your lawn and just stop right at the edge. Don't do any more than you have to do. When are you going to snow the, the sidewalks this winter? You're just going to snow your... When you shovel your sidewalks for the snow this winter, you're just going to shovel your sidewalk. You're going to shovel your neighbor's sidewalk. But I tell you, it gives you an opportunity to, to share Christ, have a conversation... But go the extra mile. It takes no talent to go the extra mile. Just character. And finally, I'd say discipling and being discipled takes no talent. Proverbs 15, 22 says, Plans fail when there's lack of counsel, when there's no counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. 2 Timothy 2, 2. Paul says, What you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses... Commit to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Paul says, you've heard me teach. Now you teach others also. It takes no talent for Timothy to learn from Paul and pass it on. It just takes obedience. It takes humility. It takes a heart for others to want to help others. See, people fail when they aren't disciplined. Plans fail when there is no counsel. When people are isolated by themselves, making decisions, walking through day by day, nobody to talk to, nobody relying on, nobody giving them biblical wisdom, they fail because they're isolated. People fail when they aren't making disciples. You know what happens when you make disciples, when you share Christ with others? Well, you have to... You have to hone your own skills. You have to watch your own lifestyle. You have to make sure you are learning as well. So we, it takes no talent to disciple and to be discipled, but it does take that character to obey. Jesus said, go and make disciples. It takes character to obey. The Bible is clear in Ecclesiastes 4.9. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help him up. But pity the one who falls and has no one to help them up. It takes no talent to walk beside somebody else. It takes no spiritual giftedness to be a disciple of somebody and then you're walking with somebody else, helping them walk with Christ as well. It takes no talent. That's why Jesus command, could command it to everybody. It takes character. It takes obedience. Now, 
maybe you want to go back and listen to this one again today. And I just wonder, what will you do different today? Not because you're gifted, but because of character in Christ. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word and it's living and active. I thank you that you use ordinary people. It's easy for us to feel inadequate because we don't have lots of gifts, don't have lots of abilities. We can see other people who have lots more gifts, lots more abilities. But Lord, would you make us fruitful because we are obedient to you and help us to share you with others who need you desperately. Help us, Lord, develop our hearts for lost people. Develop our character to be like Christ, to honor you. Through Christ we pray. Amen. Hey, if you have any requests for anything you'd like us to talk about, please let me know. I would love to hear what you have to say. And we certainly do appreciate the encouragement that we receive regularly from um, from those of you who uh, who are who are following and um, and just pray that God will be using these powerfully to change all of our lives through Christ's um, through Christ's power. So thanks and hope to see you soon.